Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch. The skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy. I'm Srini Rao, and this is the Unmistakable Creative Podcast, where you get a window into the stories and insights of the most innovative and creative minds who've started movements, built thriving businesses, written best-selling books, and created insanely interesting art. For more, check out our 500-episode archive at unmistakablecreative.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, 
Your business is always at your fingertips. UJ, welcome to The Unmistakable Creative. Thanks so much for taking the time to join us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Srini. Yeah. So I came across you by way of our mutual friend, Joey Coleman, who mentioned the five-minute journal, which is what you guys have created. And I was really intrigued uh, because once I started to understand what your background was, I thought, okay, we've got to talk to this guy. This sounds fascinating. Uh, So on that note, can you tell us a a bit about yourself, your story, your journey, and how that has brought you to where you're at and what you're up to in the world today? Great. Well, my name is UJ, and um, currently I'm the co-founder at Intelligent Change. It's a company where we create products like the 5-Minute Journal uh, that are based on signs that change behavior immeasurably. And... um, uh, how I got to come here is, is quite the story, but I'll, I'll, I'll cover it in, in some, some depth right now, and we can go deep, deeper into it as, uh, as you see fit. But I, I spent the first 17 years of my life in India, um, and, um, and the rest of it in, in Canada, and I've been traveling a fair bit, but mostly in Canada. And, uh, and from early age, I was very, very interested and drawn towards subjects that, let's just say, were uh, not the norm. I was uh, reading books on graphology early, uh, books on personality personality typing, um, just a voracious reader in general. And uh, and always had the sense that I I needed to be in control um, of my life, of my time, um, of the value it create. I couldn't articulate it like I'm articulating it to you right now, but there was that sense, there was a feeling that I didn't know how to put words to. And, um, and as, as I guess we all do, uh, in life kind of, uh, meander and, and try to understand, uh, what we're here to do. Uh, we hit some low points, we hit some high points and, and, and we learn from all of them. And, and so uh, what I've learned for sure is I really love to be at the intersection um, of, of where business meets behavior change. Um, I really enjoy that. I really love that. Um, and I can see myself doing that for a very long time. So let me ask you this. Let's go back to this whole childhood. I'm actually really curious about what growing up in India was like and in terms of how that has sort of influenced and of course you know being an immigrant has sort of influenced and shaped your entire worldview and how you approach the work that you do I'm always extremely interested in cultural influences well uh, it's interesting you bring that up because uh, uh, Canada and India are very different places as, as I'm sure you understand uh, but I'll, I'll get into that in the depth so when I when I dropped in here I noticed uh, a few things right off the bat um, I grew up in North India, and, and there, there's significant differences between the North and the South that we can cover later if you're interested. But the the main thing I I realized were people weren't hungry, and they weren't really willing to push for what they wanted. Um, in India, if you don't push for what you want, you don't get anything. Um, period. <laughs> so I, w- I was used to a very different uh, worldview, and frankly, I think it helped me significantly. It helped me go for what I want always. It helped me um, stay hungry and know that if somehow someday I get comfortable, there's always someone working harder in a different part of the world uh, that can take it away. And um, that is more true now than ever before. As as you and I know, um, technology has made it easy and seamless for people who speak English all around the world uh, to do great work um, and has has reduced the barriers of country significantly, but you know the hunger, the the drive, and there were let's just say there was a degree of unsophistication just in in terms of uh, cultural adaptation in the beginning. But let's just say uh, I adapted quickly within a few months. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. You know, the other thing that, that uh, you know, I, I think I'm really interested in is what your childhood was like, because it, anybody who picks up this as an interest at such an early age, you've got to wonder what is it that would draw you to understanding human behavior so early in life? It's not something I think most of us even think to do. So um, I, had, I had a few advantages. Uh, my the strongest advantage, I guess, would, would be parents who really did their best to find out what I was good at and nurture that. Um, I think some of the greatest performers, uh, there's a really good book called The Art of Learning by Josh Waitzkin. Um, he talks about this uh, for, for parents to just look at 
what their kids are good at and just, just nudge them in that direction. He started winning chess championships very early, from the age of six all the way to about 17, just winning national chess championships. And that doesn't happen unless you have a, a nurturing um, home, unless you have parents that are willing to look at what you did well, mm-hmm. uh, how can we grow this, and how can we just make, make him better. And so um, I loved reading. I still love reading. When I was seven, I still remember the easily the best birthday gift I ever got was a series of five books. And it was all fiction. Um, probably it's one of the only 20, 25 fiction books I've ever read since then. Um, but very quickly, I started to move to nonfiction and started to get drawn to um, to books that, that were off the beaten path, uh, books on um, self-programming, books on... Um, behavioral typing, like I talked about, uh, even books on hypnosis. And so uh, I started to very actively experiment um, on myself. And it was, it was something unusual. And it was, it was clear and obvious to everybody that, well, nobody else is doing this. And it's, it's something to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And so as we go through life, we all have these, these things, these, these interests, uh, these fringe hobbies. And I think the best life uh, for any individual is to combine that and, you know, and, um, and find a way to offer value in the marketplace. Cause, cause once you do that, once you do that and, and you enjoy it and you love it and you care about it and you have a great way to offer value in the marketplace now, um, now you can basically do what you do, do what you love and get paid for it, which, um, is what it was always about. Hmm. So, you know, one of the things that's really interesting is you brought up parents that recognized that there was something special here and something could be done with it. And I think most of us missed the boat on that one. Uh, I don't think that's actually very normal. So I'm curious mm. how you get back to it and how we deal with all of that, because that's that's something I don't think any any most typical parents were going to probably infor- encourage, you know, conformity, playing it safe and making sure that you're OK. Right. Well, I, I, don't get me wrong. I got, I got a lot of that. So, and, and um, this is a, not a known fact about me much, but I, I got really in programming and uh, really interested in, um, in computers. And to the point where I, I, was, I was doing it so much, I, I, I was barely passing my classes. And, and then, you know, stuff, stuff got booted out. And, and uh, I, I, I was back on full, full, like full scale. So, it, it wasn't like a hundred percent, you know, growth mindset, um, childhood. But you know, it, I got a significant uh, boost, I guess, than you know, other people. Mm-hmm. So, how you know, how do you deal with that in adult life then? When you didn't um, get that boost, well, you dig, right? And everybody digs, uh, right? It doesn't matter whether you're at. Um, you're a level where you're a world-class champion or you have no idea what you like or what you want, what do you want to do. Everybody digs. That's how you get more information. That's how you get more insight. That's how you learn more about yourself. That's the journey. Um, and everybody's on this journey no matter what level you're at. It doesn't matter what level you're at. Mm-hmm. What matters is how fast you're going. Hmm. Right? Because it doesn't matter where you're at as long as you have the habits, the ideas, the inclinations, the drive, the hunger – the uh, the movement forward, you'll get there eventually. No. So, but but the, but the movement is really important. The the motion, the momentum is critical. If 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 people don't have that, then they really don't have a the way to get from point to point B, and then becomes very difficult. Um, I I was uh, one of my favorite books, Mastery by Robert Greene, covers this like in in detail because I guess everybody. Uh, is on some level uh, doing things, and maybe they're not, not everybody's on a path to mastery, but everybody's looking to get better at something. And, and that's something, when, when they do that, they, they bring out their own personality in that thing. It's, it's, it's a microscope to look at their flaws, their strengths, their advantages, their weaknesses, and what they can learn from. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just a great journey to be on. I think all of us are on it. I think some of us are more consciously on it than others. 
All right. So one more question around the earlier part of your story, and then I really want to get into the work you do around behavioral change. You know, you said that all of a sudden all the dots sort of connected and all these, you know, fringes, you kind of found this thing that ended up being this work you love that you get to pay for, got paid for. Talk to me about that in more depth and how these points all connected in your life. Well, I think, uh, I think almost always, you know, insight is predicated by disaster. <laughs> Um, or, or strong insight that really changes um, a lot of things is predicated by disaster. And, and, and for me at the time, I, uh, I burnt out. I was, I, was, I was gone and I needed to recover. And um, I basically had to reorient myself and get a sense of, okay, what's working? What do I know for sure I want to do? I, I was at a point where I um, didn't really have a sense of what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go. And uh, because I was riding myself pretty hard, uh, I lost pleasure in those things. And it took a couple of, couple of months for all of that to come back. But again, there was the digging. Um, I'm a massive fan of journaling. And uh, we can talk about the five-minute journal later, but I, I have about five journals that I keep um, at, at, at one time. Like right now, I'm running five. Sometimes it's four. It depends. But... What the advantage that gives me is I have access to a whole lot of data about myself. And I really appreciate that because when I'm in a position of, of um, I'm in a low point, I can start to look at, hey, what, went, what, what was I doing when I was at my last low point? How did I get back from it? What were the things that excited me? What were the things that um, turned me on? What were the things that just had me alive? And, and ready to do something, whether I like to do it or not. Um, it, it was something that I showed up for regardless. Mm-hmm. And it was something deeper than fun. It was something deeper than, um, oh, this is going to feel good. It was, it was more of an inner calling. And it sounds weird, but it's true. And everybody has this, this, this drive from inside that, that has them to do it. And sometimes, like you said, it's buried. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's ignored, it's buried, it's, it needs to be excavated. And so that was a period of excavation for me where I started to look at my old journals, um, call, call my parents, call my friends from uh, back in the day and say, hey, what did you see that I was, I was really excited about? What did you see that I was uh, passionate about? And there were certain things that I knew for sure, for certain that was going to happen. From a young age, uh, it just so happened my dad's an entrepreneur, um, my granddad's a journalist on his own time. So I pretty much grew up in, a, in an environment where everybody I knew do, did what they wanted to do and were, were on their own time. So this whole concept of like being an employee just never made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> it still doesn't. Um, <laughs> so and, and I knew um, that having control of my own time and and making a a meaningful difference in people's behavior was important to me. But again, like how that came together, it, it, it's mostly trial and error. And it's, you know, it's, it's nice to look back and see, Oh, that that was nice how all of that connected, but it's, but it's really a, a, a dis, you know, it's a, it's a pretty confused mess of dots. So you actually connect them. Mm -hmm. So to speak. So, uh, does that answer your question? Yeah, in a lot of ways. I mean, I think it kind of takes us back to that Steve Jobs quote, right? You can't connect the dots and, it, uh, you know, looking forward, you can only connect them in reverse. Right. But what you can do is you can become a better student of yourself by by taking those notes, by by becoming a student of of your needs, your wants, your desires, your patterns, your rhythms. Mm-hmm. Um, I really believe everybody has their own personal rhythm. Um, and... If they align themselves in the right environment that also has the right rhythm, they can just thrive. It's incredible. Um, different cities have different rhythms. Like the, the a pace of Montreal is very slow. It's a very slow, much slower rhythm than Toronto. Um, the pace of New York is much faster than Toronto. Um, so, and also the environment you create around yourself affects everything you do. So as long as you can align yourself in an environment and and do things that actually like allow yourself to shine in that space. You you remove a lot of obstacles that that might normally happen, and that's not never going to happen unless you you know what do you like, 
what kind of music do you, do you listen to when time just disappears? What time do you wake up and what are your most productive hours in the day? What, what do you do when, when you're completely at odds with a problem and you don't, you don't have an out? And so this, and everybody's answer is going to be different because you're a very different organism than anybody else. And the only way you're going to know that is if you have the sample size of one, yourself. And um, this is why I think you, a lot of people can, can speed up that process, that connecting the dots process, by uh, turning their attention to themselves. There's a really great uh, quote. I think it's on the temple, um, on a Greek temple. It says, know thyself. Mm-hmm. And um, it's incredibly true. It's incredibly true. And, and the scary part is age doesn't correlate with wisdom. So people can get much older and not necessarily wiser. And um, my biggest fear, it's in death. Like I, I nearly died six months ago in a motorcycle crash. Um, but it wasn't death. It was, it was not growing and not learning from the experience, not, not making it count, not making every ounce of that pain and transforming that into meaning mm. that kind of stuff if i don't do that uh, you know that's that's my biggest fear so uh, let's talk about this idea of becoming a student of your own life and then we'll start getting to your research and how that's led to you know a lot of things that you guys do uh, sure one of the things I'd love to get a sense for is how we might apply this concept of becoming a student of our own lives in some sort of practical manner. If you were to basically say, okay, everybody listening, these are a few ways that you can become a student of your own life. How would you do that? Great. So, uh, Shrini, you and, you and I had a conversation some time ago. So I know you surf, mm-hmm. right? Now, any any activity, be it surfing, be it poker, uh, be it even working out, is a lens, is, is an area where you can study yourself and learn about yourself and learn about what naturally comes well to you and what you need to pay attention to. And so the simplest and easiest way I could ever ask anybody to get a sen- better sense of themselves is journal on a specific area of your life. If, if you're really, really into business and you can, you can get some metrics down, use that as an area. If you're uh, a surfer like yourself, let, let that be it. If you're a bodybuilder, let that be it. But every aspect of your life, you can zoom into and you can see how, what worked here, what didn't. I'm having trouble between transitions. Um, for example, I'll, I'll give you my own personal example. So. I have trouble, and this is across life, in transitions. How, let's say you, you're, you're surfing, and you, you realize you weren't able to get on a wave, and you suddenly had a negative thought in your mind, and that affected the rest of your entire session. When you journal, you actually shed light on that, and you shed light on, huh, that, interesting, that happened, and the rest of the session just went to shit. Interesting, what can I do in the future to prevent this? Mm-hmm. Right, and you start instituting those changes, you'll find within the period of about 30 days or so, you'll have done a s- series of things that were different and really upped your game um, on the surfboard. But, but the, the more, more incredible thing is that same pattern more or less is likely to exist in your life, in the rest of your life. Um, I don't know if you're married or not, let's assume you are. Um, if, if you're <laughs> You're having a conversation with your wife. You get into an argument, and and that gets stuck in your head. It's a very similar pattern. Human beings are creatures of patterns and rhythms. And when you focus on one activity, one area, one theme in your life, and you dissect it, and you work on it, the other areas of your life slowly start to fall into place because transference is something that naturally happens to human beings. Mm -hmm. Once we start to realize ah, this is how things happen here, you know, you start to apply the same mental models to different domains. And so you don't have to be like me. You know, you don't have to run five different journals for different things. <clears throat> that's just something I do. Uh, that's just something I crave. It's something I love. But at the very least, shed light. You know, there, there's something called a warm-up and a cool-down. And um, this, this comes from the world of sports, obviously. But a warm-up is a check-in, you know, get, getting 
from a physical standpoint, getting your the blood to, to all parts of your body, um, getting you physically warmed up, and getting you you in good shape and and stretched out, so you can perform the way you want to perform well. <clears throat> well, mentally, there's a component to that as well. So, what I do in the morning, and uh, it was actually talked to me by a, a good friend who's a poker player. As soon as you um, you get st- ready to start the day, you do do a, a warm up, which is a journal, and you just check into how you're feeling, and how you want the day to go, how you want your activity to go. For him, it's poker, and so he'll check in and see, hmm, how am I feeling today? I'm feeling kind of okay. I don't feel uh, super confident. I'm gonna play the, the hands that I'm completely comfortable with, and and depending on how 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 well of a streak I'm doing, I'll take a game time decision on whether I want to play, play the riskier hands, right? So that's a self-assessment. Um, it takes 10, 15 minutes st- uh, as a warm-up, maybe five minutes for a cool down. But the beginning and the end, there are two really important points for any activity, for any, um, any span of time. It really changes everything. This is even why uh, in the 500 Journal, we advise people to do it in the beginning of the day, of the day at the very end of the day because it's a really great way to open and close something and there's enough research in psychology um, the it's called the priming effect and the priming effect basically um, you know it's it's the scientific equivalent of of waking up on the right side or the wrong side of the bed in the morning because what side you wake up on um, can completely change your day in the first few minutes, if you if you've had a significantly negative experience, it can color the rest of your day unless you recover from it quickly. Same way, if you're starting a, an activity like poker, like surfing, and you're unable to mentally rebound from that that negative experience, it becomes very difficult to maintain momentum. And as as you understand, momentum is critical for any activity. So. Um, Journaling, warming up, and cooling down um, is is incredibly useful and effective for most practices or most activities. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. 
For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. As creators, we're always on the move. Whether it's a live podcast event, a pop-up shop, or a workshop, we're constantly interacting with community, and that's where Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe comes in. Imagine this. You're at a live event, a listener loves your merch, or a participant wants to sign up for your course on the spot. With Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, you can accept their payments right there and then, right from your iPhone so there's no extra hardware or no delays. Total game changer. It's not just for creators. Any business owner can do this. It's about making transactions smoother and much more personal, growing your business in your way. We've been using Stripe for our products and courses for a long time, and now with Tap to Pay on iPhone, you can take your business to the next level too. So visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone to learn more. Remember, folks, with Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe, your business is always at your fingertips. So let's do this. Let's let's actually shift gears a little bit and let's start talking about all the research um, that you've ended up doing then actually led to the creation of the 5-Minute Journal. Sure. So uh, the, just, just for the audience, the 5-Minute Journal is a simple practice that you can do, uh, ideally done, as mentioned before, in the morning. Right before you, uh, right after you wake up, and right before you go to bed at night, and it's got five questions, and I'll cover the questions with the research. Right, so there is gratitude is probably the most studied emotion in all of positive psychology, and um, it's actually a pretty complex emotion. There, there are two parts of it. There's uh, the mental aspect, and there's the emotional aspect. So there is the aspect of thinking, "Oh, I'm grateful for." Uh, living in a great country. But then the emotional aspect is waiting for the emotion to kick in. And the emotion actually takes a little longer. And I had a good friend asked me some time ago. Um, he said, hey, UJ, I'm doing your journal, but I noticed I'm writing the same things in the journal every single day. Um, am I doing this right? And my answer was, it's not if you're doing it right or not. It's not about what you're writing. It's about what you're feeling. So uh, the way to do it is because it's a two-part process. There is a cognition aspect, it's a mental aspect, and then there is an emotion or an affect aspect of it. And the way I do it, as I think about it, and I wait for the emotion to kick in, only then put pen on paper. I'm assuming you're using the physical version, mm -hmm. uh, not the app. But the, the, the emotion is critical to the transformation, to, uh, to actually making it work. And in terms of the research, the, it's, it's been shown that people that, that have written three things they were grateful for once a week for a period of, I believe, 12 weeks um, improved uh, their, their baseline of happiness of over 20%. And that's remarkable. What, what's even more remarkable is, and, and the researchers were pretty surprised at this, at this uh, finding, like pe the people who actually were in the gratitude condition um, actually exercised more than the control and there was another condition that was, that was a negative condition where people listed the hassles. But they actually exercised more. We still have no idea why that happens. But it's got a lot of positive um, benefit. Anxiety and gratitude are um, mutually exclusive. So it's very difficult to feel anxiety and gratitude at the same time. This is why gratitude journaling is actually uh, is one, one of the critical interventions in depression and uh, treating depression. And so we thought, okay, well, that, that's just once a week. What if we had people do that every day and do five, four other questions that significantly boosted their well-being and happiness? What would that do to them? And so that, that, was, that was the area of inquiry from which um, the other questions came together. And also, uh, it, it came from a practice that I used to do every night before I went to bed that was more of like a 15-minute journal the 20 minute journal, but we realized this is not something that most people are going to do. Uh, let's simplify it. Let's make it easy uh, and accessible for most people to actually do it. So, so I, I want to go back to something you said earlier. You, know, you said that for it to work and for it to be effective, there has to be a level of emotion that's brought into it. And I hadn't thought about this until, you know, now, because I've been doing it every day for probably, you know, five, a month, couple of months now. Right. And I thought, you know, am I going through the, am I just going through the motion? So I want to go back to that whole idea. How do we bring about the emotion that makes it effective? Great question. So, so some people, um, 
are more emotional than others. I consider myself not very emotional. Actually, it takes work for me to get more in touch with my emotions. And, um, and that's actually you know, an object of my journaling recently. So what I do is I actually literally close my eyes and I start, to f- I start to notice how would it feel to feel incredibly grateful for this. And I just wait. And sometimes I have to be patient. And they wait for me to actually feel wonderful about it and then put pen to paper. Um, it's easy to get impatient with myself and, um, I'm definitely guilty of that, but it's, you have to wait till you actually feel it. There is an element of patience there mm-hmm. that some people might skim over. Um, and so just think about it right now. Um, you know, I know this is a question you asked, but experience is the best way to, to learn something. So if I were to ask you, Shrini, what are you grateful for right now? Mm-hmm. You want me to tell you specifically? Yeah. Uh, well, the fact that, uh, we're getting to work on a really cool project with a company that I've been dreaming of working with and we just found out we're going to be getting to do that. So that's great. Okay. So, uh, congratulations. That's really great. Now I want you to, to do what you need to do mm-hmm. to experience, experience it in your body as an emotion. And if you need to close your eyes, that's fine. If you need to stand up, or shake yourself out, that's fine too. Whatever you need to do right now to feel the emotion in your body. Okay. Okay, what do you do? It's different. I mean, it's definitely different than just writing it down. Yeah. You know, thinking about it. Like you feel like warmth almost. Exactly, right? So it's, it's, it's different for everybody else. For me, I feel it in my belly, right? Um, different people are going to feel it differently, but you feel the warmth. Only when you feel the warmth is when you put pen on paper. Mm-hmm. Because the... Uh, the affect or the emotion is actually what um, what the subconscious mind really responds to. You know, there there there's an aspect. There's the conscious mind, and there's some, there's the other than conscious mind. The other than conscious mind runs our behavior um, a significant amount of the time. The language of the other than conscious mind is emotion, and so the only way we're going to be influencing that is through emotion. And so that's why the the emotional part is is pretty critical to wow. to the behavior change. That's that's amazing. Uh, I think it'll it'll probably change the way I approach the five minute journal every morning. Pretty significant. Awesome. Happy to help, man. Uh, so let's let's talk about this whole idea of changing behavior. Uh, you know, we've had a lot of people here. We've had James Clear here to talk about changing habits. Sure. We've had Dan James Clear, friend. Yeah. And, I mean, we've had a lot of people, social scientists, happiness researchers like Sean Acor, all of which I will link up in the show notes for those of you guys listening. But one of the things that really struck me about what you said was simple and effective behavioral change. And I want to talk about that in more depth. And one, why is it that changing our behavior is so difficult? And what do you guys do that enables us to simplify change that leads to actual outcomes over time as opposed to sort of, you know, inspirational psychobabble and chanting and nonsense? Great. Great question. No offense to the people who are into new age stuff out there. Just Yeah. Yeah. No offense to them either. But like almost literally word for word, <laughs> I've written something like that in the, in, in the Family Journal. It's just, you know, no offense, but... Um, yeah, that's not really my thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really like something that is is beautiful, clear cut, and works. So the first thing is is uh, cutting out a lot of stuff. So, as the the main reason I think why behavior change is tough for most people is a they're working on too many things at the same time, um, and it's it's just true. It, it's it's called cognitive load, mm-hmm. and it happens when there's way too much coming at you and there's very little, very few filters to put them in the right places and to do the right things. And so most people are, are trying to change two or three or four behaviors, a behavior sets at the same time. And a behavior set is like something like going to the gym. That's not a behavior. There, there are multiple things there. There's putting on your shoes. There's walking to the gym. Um, there's, there's learning the exercises. There's, the the ability to to schedule that in before and after like there's there's a, a lot of variables there, right? Uh, same thing like cooking. There's a lot of variables there. You can't just learn to cook in a month. Um, there's it takes you have to break it down into bite sized pieces um, to make it simple and accessible. So um, our process is simple. We take everything that we can possibly 
put into a product and just start whittling it down. Whittling it down into the simplest, most easiest, most bite-sized chunk that people can use that's going to give them the most value. Because uh, let me be frank, right? So the practice I used to do before, uh, the 15, 20-minute journal, whatever, right? It was, it was great. It was effective. It, was, uh, it really led to a lot of improvement in my life. But if you do the 80-20 on that, you actually realize that for just, the, for just five minutes, you can get 80% of the benefit. Done. <laughs> Done. So why, why would we force people to spend more time doing that than they absolutely, absolutely have to? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and we're, we're in a similar case. Like we are our audience in a certain uh, sense. So this is, not, uh, this is not a product or um, a journal for somebody who, who is in depression. It's too much for them. It's, it's like... Um, lifting, you know, 20, 30 pounds above your PR weight, they won't be able to do it. It's actually going to depress them more because they cannot, can't actually um, prime their brains for happiness. They're not at that level yet. So this is, this is specifically for people with a growth mindset mm-hmm. that are looking to, to improve and change and uh, become better every day. That's, that's who it's for. Even the last question, how can I make today better? Um, some people who aren't the audience look at that and go, that's a negative question. But people in our audience look at that and go, that's a great question because I want to learn what I could have done better today and yeah. use it tomorrow. Um, so that's, that's the distinction. And so I think a lot of it is, is, is making it as bite-sized and simple as possible. And, um, and I believe like once, once you take away all the excuses, Right. This is the same thing as sales. You you take away all the excuses, it becomes very difficult not to do it. Mm-hmm. So what what are the typical excuses that people have when when they say I, you know, I know it's really good to keep a journal, but fill in the blank. Right. They're like four or five. I don't have time. Uh, I don't know what to write. Um, you know, it gets it. I. I I don't. I can't store it properly. Like all this nonsense. But you take away all the excuses, and now they're just left with uh, nothing. Yeah. And and that that's great because that's what that's where that's where these these things work, right? Once all your excuses are taken away, you you're not addicted to them anymore. Um, I I can't remember who said this, but but whoever said it was brilliant. It, it was a simple quote, and it, it went: the reason you're not doing the things you're doing is because you're addicted to your excuses, hmm. right? But that's not going to get people to change behavior. You, you get something that takes away your excuses and that gets them to change behavior. So. Wow. Okay. So a couple of different things I want to do here. One, let's go through all the questions in the, in the five minute journal, just so uh, you can kind of explain to people what they are and how they actually cause our behavior to change. I know we talked about the very last one, which is how could I have made today better? Uh, just so we can give you know people a sneak preview. And then I want to take this and I want to look at it in the context of changing one other type of behavior and then see how that would work. Cool. Awesome. So I've covered the first and the last, the first question is what are you grateful for? Right. The last question is how could I have made today better? Um, Let's let's go to the second question, which is actually my favorite question of them all, which is, uh, what would make today great? And so there's about 50, 55 pages of written content in the beginning of the book that I recommend everybody read before they get started, because it actually tells you how to use it for uh, for good effect, how to how to actually maximize the value out of the time you have, even if it's five minutes with the, with the journal. But what this question does is it forces you to prime your brain to believe the day is going to go great. So um, in a certain sense, if I, uh, if I were to ask you, uh, Shani, like if, what, would, what could you do to make today great? You wrote in the journal today, right? Yes. Yeah. So what did you write? Well, I wrote that I was going to read or that I was going to meditate. Uh, you know, I, I always think about it. I remember there was something at the very beginning where you said, make it something... Uh, you can control. Exactly. Absolutely. So when, when you do that, there are three major presuppositions. One, today's going to be great. Right? And you're doing that very early in the morning when your mind is still plastic relatively. The second is, I'm going to make today great. And, 
And when you combine both of them, you get I'm responsible for my own happiness, which is, which is a kicker because you're actually doing it. So more often than not, people actually end up, you would, uh, by the end of the day, you'll actually end up journaling, you'll actually end up meditating, you'll actually end up doing the things that you were doing. And that leads to better self-esteem. Hmm. And when you prime your brain like that uh, on a consistent basis, it just leads to a greater level of, of internally driven happiness. You, you'll find yourself less focused on external, um, external factors for your happiness in the long term. And, and usually I find, I don't know what your experience is, but usually when uh, I look at the journal at the end of the day, I, I take the things that went well. Um, and when I have two, three ticks, like it's an incredible day. Mm-hmm. And, um, and some people that have done the journal have reported the same. And so you can control all of that. That's the cool thing. You get to write and create how, how you're going to make it great. And so you'll consistently have better days just because you're setting yourself up for it. You're asking yourself a question. Um, and that's why, that's why the, that's my favorite question. The, the third question is, um, what's your daily affirmation? So we have a very different take on, on this than the new age crowd, so to speak. And, and really it, the question really is, who do you want to show up as today? Cause you get to choose, right? Who do you, who, what kind of a person do you want to enter the world as today? And some people choose to, to keep the same thing and repeat that over and over again until it becomes true. Some people change it from day to day. It doesn't matter. Uh, what matters is if you're able to find that priming having an effect on your day. Right? And that's, you know, that's one or two lines. It's not a lot. I know the first three questions sound like a lot, but they're not. I mean, I'll just summarize really quick. I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. What we'll, would we'll make today great and the daily affirmation. So who do you want to show up as today? Right? The three questions takes about three minutes. Yeah. Um, the fourth question, we've already covered the fifth, which is uh, how, would you make, how could I have made today better? The fourth question is what are three amazing things that happened today? And so this happens obviously at night. Um, so there, there's a morning portion. There's a night portion. I'm covering the night portion right now. And it gets to uh, you to look throughout the day and and in the long term, what it does is selectively, it allows you to to have a, a positive bias when you're accessing memories. So when you're asking yourself the question, what are three amazing things that happened today? The end of the day. And day after day, you're writing three things and you're remembering the moments that really made the day special. Uh, I don't know if you've noticed this, but more often than not, it's the simple, small stuff that you would have totally ignored that go in that column, that, that go in that answer. Mm. Uh, sometimes it's, it's just a beautiful way that the snow hit the window today. And I would have never thought about it if I hadn't read the question because it really took my breath away for, for a minute or so and then I went back to work. So it's, it's remembering those little moments and – and over time, it really leads to a positive um, bias when looking at memories. So memories change. Um, every time you access a memory, you actually change the memory. So by the time, let's say you've accessed a memory several times over the period of five or ten years, you've, in a sense, changed the memory every single time you've accessed it. And uh, people find, you know, years later, their account of, of what happened actually changes it's it's been it's been shown, um, and it gets like morphed. But they actually tell them the truth. They believe what they're saying, but it's not true because they've altered the memories in their own minds. Well, if you can do that, and if you can put a positive spin on things, why not? And so that's that's what that question allows you to do. And then the final question we've talked about already. So yeah. that that wraps the the five questions up nicely. Wow. Yeah, no, I think that does perfectly. And and I'll link up the five minute journal for those of you guys listening. Honestly, I've been doing this every day and now you've given me even more clarity into how to how to get more out of it. It's honestly the easiest journal journal gratitude journal I've ever worked on. Uh, and I've actually followed through. It's at this point it's habitual. I wake up in the morning and I do it. And it's mind blowing to me. That's great. Thank you.
Yeah. So let's do this. Uh, let's do one more thing here. I want to talk about this in the context of changing some other behavior, whatever it might sure. be, uh, whether we need to exercise more, eat less, whatever, whatever, you know, we, you know, makes the most sense here. Let's do one more example of how we can basically affect simple behavioral change. Sure. What, what would you like to take? Uh, you tell me, I mean, what have you seen as effective? Let's, let's give people something to work. on. I mean, it's the holidays. People are probably eating a lot. So let's talk about exercise. Well, um, are, are you talking about eating? So are you talking about exercising or, or well, let's, let's talk eating about, let, let's talk about exercising since chances are they're probably hearing this right after the holidays. Okay, great. So if you're hearing this right, right, right after the holidays and you're, you have to figure out what your outcome is. If your outcome is to, to get more in shape and go to the gym, that's, that's a different behavior. If your outcome is to reduce weight or get, you know, fit in a certain size, um, Clothing, that's a different outcome. So know your outcome. The outcome like predicates everything, right? So what, what we're working with is, is getting more into physical shape. And um, is this going to a gym? Is this going to a specific class? Like I like to get super granular with stuff because behavior really comes down to like getting down to the, the, the variables that matter and, and attacking the right one. So is this a gym? Is it a, a class? What is it? Uh, a gym, I guess. Okay, let's say going to the gym, right? So, one of the, the the easiest ways, let's say, let's say we're getting somebody to do like a exercise routine for a month, because usually, you know, beyond a month or two, uh, it becomes habit, and it, it's a lot easier to follow through on that. Um, first, let's let's get them to schedule it out in their calendar at the right time, right place and have real-world consequences for not actually showing up there. The real-world consequences could be many things. It could be a trainer. Um, it could be a bet they have with a friend. It could be a, a, a training partner that they have. But real-world consequences for not getting from point A to point B. The, the real reason why people really don't get into uh, the shape they need is because the pain isn't great enough. Pleasure doesn't drive behavior nearly as much as pain. Hmm. And so you need pain uh, in order to get people from point A to point B, and typically pain during the, the, the hardest task. Believe it or not, the hardest task for most people is to get into the, into the damn gym. Like once they were there, stuff, yeah. stuff moves, right? Stuff happens. Right. But um, having real powerful consequences for not getting in there can make, make all the difference. And so that's the variable. Um, so if, if they put, you know, uh, an amount of money that's uncomfortable to them. It's different for everybody, um, everybody listening, right? An amount of money that's uncomfortable for them on a bet that's trackable uh, by someone who knows their routine, mm -hmm. done, Yeah. right? And now that's a, that's a hard step to, to take. Everybody listening is going to like, <gasps> you know, yeah, that's the, that's the response I'm looking for, <laughs> right? That's yeah. the response I'm looking for because that, now you know what that means. Yeah. Now you ha actually have to follow through on it instead of like slipping in, hmm. basically. So um, finding the hardest aspect and taking away the um, taking away the inertia, taking away the excuses uh, is is typically a good way to do this. And and people who are listening can can uh, can really take this kind of deconstructed framework and apply it to anything. You apply it to to any behavior and break it down into like chunks of things, right? So so it, like like when you mentioned going to the gym, it's actually a series of several behaviors. Um, but because we know the hardest part of the behavior is getting from point to point B um, through history and, and through just knowing how many people have stuck with something and failed at something, we, we apply real-world consequences to that one, one piece of behavior that makes all the difference. Wow. Leverage. Very, very cool. Thank you. So let's do this. Let's talk briefly about some of the other things that you guys are working on, uh, you know, that, are, that help people with this whole aspect of changing behavior in their lives. And then we'll start wrapping things up. Well, uh, the, I can't talk about it too, too much, but what, what I can say is we are working on a second version of the, of the journal, um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and just adding a few things that our audience have given, given us this feedback and just also creating a second one that people don't have to buy um, the one that's wasting 50 pages of, of written content every single time. 
right? So you can have a different one and a one that's upgraded. So you can you can choose whichever one you want, version you want. And the other one is we're looking to attack the productivity space. I think there's a lot of stuff out there that is uh, that that attempts to, to help people with their productivity. Yeah. Some of it is decent. Some of it sucks. But there's a lot of clutter there. So, right. um, you know, we're looking to to really make you know a dent in that space soon. And that's that's pretty much all I can talk about at this point. Very um, I'm I'm passionate about it because I guess like you know this is we're seeing like one of the greatest like entrepreneurial revenue revolutions like to ever uh, happen um, to humans, right? It's amazing. Um, never have so many humans existed on the planet and never have so many humans started to work on their own time in their own way. And uh, this is a massive opportunity to pe- people to either be incredibly productive or watch Netflix reruns all the time, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> so um, in, in the... Uh, in the interest of creating more meaningful work in the world, uh, I think now kind of we're solving we we we're solving we're solving the problem for ourselves, and then we solve it for everybody else, right? That's right. how every be everybody does it, mm-hmm. and so uh, that's in progress. Awesome. Well, UJ, uh, this has been phenomenal. So I'm going to ask you one final question, please, uh, which is how we close all our interviews at, at the Unmistakable Creative. What do you think it is that makes somebody or something unmistakable? Um, the unexpected, the unexpected. So there was this really great line in this book, the 22 immutable laws of marketing that says what works in war works in business, the unexpected. And I have a good friend who sends video messages, right? Instead of emails, like, you know, six times out of 10, he'll send video messages to people. And almost always, there's an incredible response. It's, it's what he does, but it's unexpected to everybody else. And so it makes him unmistakable. Awesome. Well, I think that makes a uh, beautiful way to wrap up our conversation. Uh, UJ, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to join us and share some of your insights and your story with uh, our listeners here at Unmistakable Creative. And as I mentioned, uh, for those of you guys listening, I will link up everything that UJ has mentioned, including the five-minute journal. I'm a huge fan of this. You heard Joey Coleman mention it on his interview, so definitely check it out, and uh, we'll wrap the show with that. If you like what you heard, the greatest compliment you could give us is to share the show with a friend and let people know what you think by leaving a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening to The Unmistakable Creative. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Have you ever felt a twinge of worry about AI taking over your job or diluting your creativity? Well, what if you could turn that fear into creative fuel? 
We've just published an amazing new ebook called The Four Keys to Success in an AI World. And this is more than just a guide. It's a deep exploration into the human skills that AI can't touch, the skills that are essential for standing out and thriving, no matter how much technology evolved. We're talking about real differentiators here, like creativity, emotional intelligence, critical thinking, and much more. Inside, you'll find actionable insights and strategies to develop these skills, whether you're a creative person, a business person, or just simply someone who loves personal development. This isn't a story about tech taking over. It's a story of human creativity thriving alongside AI. Picture this, AI as your creative co-pilot, not just as a tool, but a collaborator that enhances your unique human skills. The Four Keys ebook will show you exactly how to do that and view AI in a new way that empowers you instead of overshadows you. Transform your creative potential today. Head over to unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys. Use the number four, K-E-Y-S. That's unmistakablecreative.com slash four keys and download your free copy.